When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. The main event, Mark's Podcast, WrestleMania Edition. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, the man who says it wasn't Vince McMahon or Hulk Hogan, but Howard Finkel that created WrestleMania. I am Troy, and with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the Shelton Benjamin to my Charlie Haas. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? You know, when you think about it, technically, the Beatles have a hand in it, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Uh, well, didn't wasn't Hulk, uh, Hulkamania around at that time? I believe so. Yeah, so but I, I heard Howard Finkel in interviews, interviews saying he suggests WrestleMania because the Beatles have Beatlemania. You got to say it right, Greg. Well, uh, uh, you know the Beatles had Beatlemania, so we should have WrestleMania. I don't think he talked like that at all times, though. <laughs> uh, I choose to believe that he did. Okay, <laughs> don't crush my fantasies, Greg. That's like telling a little kid that Santa Claus isn't real. And if there are any uh, if there are any children listening to this, Wait, first of all, you probably shouldn't be. Second of all, uh, ignore what I just said. Santa Claus is totally real. I mean, uh, you know, t- Tim Allen wouldn't just present himself as a fake character. I mean, come on. Anyway, I remember when I was a kid, my mom told me that Santa Claus and Easter Bunny shot each other. So no gifts this year. <laughs> <laughs> Mother of God. <sighs> but man, this a bloody one... war on the front lawn, huh? <laughs> this one that we're reviewing today is, man, you want to talk about a palate cleanser after weeks of crap we have done. Uh, Give you the broccoli themselves. and the peas and the green beans. Now you get the thick filet mignon right here. Oh, yeah. Followed up by, uh, followed up by, by a great dessert. I'm trying to think of s- something. Uh, creme brulee. There you go. Uh, or, or a nice thick piece of cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. Something like that. Yeah, this is uh, this was a damn good show. I've been anxious to review it. We've already done seventeen and eighteen, so now so, it's time for nineteen. <laughs> I literally told everyone last week was one of the top five worst paid reviews ever. Now we're going to go to top five best ever. I like that. Yeah, right. Gotta gotta <laughs> have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Do some opposites, man. Uh, some good stuff. But yeah, I've uh, I've been looking forward to this one when I when I put it on the schedule. I've been looking forward to it for a while. Uh, so. Here we are, finally here. And by the way, I, I kept getting confused because uh, I had thought it was you at one point that told me you thought this was the best WrestleMania of all time. I was getting. Oh, confused. I still think it's seventeen. Okay, yeah. So you and I are on the same wavelength there. Uh, it was when I went back and listened. It's Conrad Thompson was saying that he thinks it's better than seventeen. I'm like, mm. the opinion you could take to the bank. Oh yeah, well. Well, if you're going to buy into anyone's opinion, it's the large man from Alabama. 
openly admits that Dave Meltzer is a good friend of his. Yeah, exactly. And and we talked about <laughs> we talked about before how uh, he's kind of a mark, and uh, he gets all sad that you know when when somebody's talking bad about his good friend Dave and, and uh, Tony Khan. Oh, exactly. And don't talk uh, bad about Tony. You know, he's trying with what he's got. Literally, what I heard he say. <laughs> well, I hope not, because if he is, man, this is horrible. I wouldn't be saying <laughs> you're trying. I would just fall out admitting I'm tanking. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm coasting at this point. But yeah, I mean, at WrestleMania 19, we'll get into some of it uh, when we talk about the event itself. But uh, I don't know. I don't sit here and look at all the buy rates and the ratings and all that stuff like back to back to back. So uh, I, I don't know for sure. But from what everybody has was uh, posting at the time, like in the news and whatever, this was not a good buy rate for this WrestleMania. And, and during this time, numbers were just down, period. And oddly enough, people were blaming a lot of this on Hogan and Vince, saying that for some reason, people just tuning out, like, oh, I, I blame the buy rate on, you know, because they put so much emphasis on them. Like, really? Like, that where you're going to put the blame? I, personally, I mean, we'll get into it when we talk about the match, but I thought the match was fine. I actually really liked their feud back in the day. I don't know about you. Oh, I love I it. Mean, that was perfect. That was very... uh Organic, obviously. Yeah, it was it was based in realism, which I think are the best kind of feuds. And I don't know. I even like the as corny as it was. I like the Mister America stuff that went on. So, still waiting I to get know. that new figure. By the way, I need that. Hell yeah, it looks awesome. Uh, Mattel wins the day again. But either way, uh, we are going to get into all that. We have some news and notes, not a ton, but we have a decent amount of news and notes. All of it is out of the WWE because, uh, well, I mean, TNA is alive at this time, but uh, not even a year old yet. Yeah, the, all the all the big stuff is coming out of WWE right now. So we'll get into that. Uh, but first, we do have a new sponsor on the podcast. I want to tell you about them. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Muller Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you'll feel cool while looking just as cool. These polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Muller Bros Golf signature polos. Muller Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MullerBros.com for 15% off. I gotta ask, let's be honest, alright? Are your polos getting outdated and dingy? I know for a fact that mine are. I've wore them way too long and way too much. It's time to get new ones that'll make you stand out on the golf course. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now that we're done with that, we're going to dive into the news and notes on the other end of this break right here, uh, where we tell you about 
our great merchandise and also our buddy over at here in Puckburg. Download that podcast now if you're an NHL fan. And if you're looking to get into hockey, well, he'll get you excited about it. Shaggy Von Doom, a.k.a. Kyle Sullivan from here in Puckburg, uh, will... That's hype Kyle number 427 that we know, right? <laughs> yes. He will hype you up for the National Hockey League during this break and also pick yourself up some main event mark swag. We'll get into the news. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. By God! Somebody's interrupting the main event marks! Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg... He told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. The main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code MAINEVENT. That's all one word to save 10% off your order. That's promo code MAINEVENT to save 10% at checkout. Also, if you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee Brand Coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well. At Coffee Brand Coffee, their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. 
click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code main event all one word at checkout to get five percent off your order that's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code main event to save five percent at checkout news and notes time and i think i forgot a couple of weeks ago i did remember last week but we do have that new news open that is correct shut the fuck up dave everything that guy just says bullshit all right time to get into the news coming off the heels of the injury to edge who undergoes neck surgery on march 10th uh, came a slew of injuries that have destroyed the depth of WWE's heel division. Heel division. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> In particular, SmackDown champion Kurt Angle. Angle, the most valuable full-time performer in the company, had an MRI on his neck on March 3rd, and the result came out that Angle had severe neck damage. He will become the eighth WWE wrestler over the past few years to undergo neck surgery under Dr. Lloyd Youngblood in San Antonio, uh, which will put him out of action for about a year. His symptoms, shooting pains down both of his arms, numbing in his fingers, and a burning sensation in the neck had gotten worse while on the South Africa tour this past month. I got to point out, though, I think a lot of his, uh, the or- origins of it come from pre-WWE, so it wasn't because of pro wrestling, right? I mean, it was yeah, because right. of wrestling, probably, not because of WWE, though. Right, so yeah. Like, Maybe and- the only one of all, what, eight of them? Yeah, and and Uncle Dave points that out um, on the Wrestling Observer. He says, "Well, obviously his neck, his neck issues started literally in 1996 in the Olympic Games when he snapped his neck there, and they've just gotten worse over time. I mean, we're now uh, I can't math seven years removed from that, just about. So it's a lot, man. And he's been going hard and heavy in the WWE for all them years. So, well, not all of them. He debuted what 99." Yeah. So late, late, late 99. So basically it was 2000. So. Yeah. So about three. Mm, yeah. I'd say about three years uh, in the WWE. So, and I don't know what, what all he had done to his neck after he broke it the first time. So I don't know if he had it properly fixed or not, but. Well, he doesn't have it properly fixed this time. I'll tell you that. Cause he's back really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, I, I don't think he did the fusion surgery that he was supposed to have. I think he basically put a bandaid on it and kept going. Yeah. It was like but, a, I don't know if it was experimental, but it was some kind of new surgery. Yeah. And wasn't it because of the time limit where they were like, well, if you do this, then you'll only be yeah. out this amount of time. Yeah. yeah Cause he, he comes back for, um, a vengeance. I want to say in July. Oh, damn. Yeah. He, and for some unknown reason, all of a sudden he's a face and Brock is the heel. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, meanwhile, the injury to Kurt Angle has caused something of a continuation of what has long been an attempt to change the style within the company. Angle will undergo neck fusion surgery shortly. Uh, well, you know, we just we just talked about that. <laughs> about that. Yeah, right. The surgery was originally scheduled for March 17th, but is being moved to early April. The planned title change from March 11th to Brock Lesnar in Pittsburgh didn't happen when Angle himself asked Vince McMahon on March 10th to allow him to do the match at WrestleMania. Angle went to all the key parties, such as Lesnar, Chris Benoit, who would get the spot at Mania, uh, as well as his wife, to talk over the decision. McMahon was expecting that Angle would change his mind at the end, but he didn't. 
The plan is for Angle to work a real match as opposed to a short gimmick-oriented match and drop the title, which he did. And how ironic, by the way, that Brock would damn near get killed in this match. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was it was Kurt that was yeah, make this up. Yeah, it was Kurt that was all effed up, and then Brock was the one that came out of there almost worse for wear. <laughs> a couple of things about this. I know Kurt Angle on his podcast. Uh, I list, I heard him talk about this personally. He said he was all set. He was like, man, I don't want to miss WrestleMania, but, you know, I got to I gotta get the surgery. And then he said his I think he said a friend of his has a son that's uh, has Down syndrome or something like that. And Kurt was his favorite wrestler. And when he found out that Kurt wasn't going to be at Mania, he got really upset and was like, oh, you're not going to be there, Kurt. And he was like kind of it wasn't like guilt tripping him. But, you know, it it made him feel guilty because he's like, ah, crap. He's like, well, I guess maybe I could you know, get out one more match. So he said he, after, after the hanging out with his friend and his kid, he went to Vince and got it switched. Bruce Pritchard talked about the Chris Benoit thing though. He said that was only a a discussion for like a minute and then brushed off because he said Vince never saw Benoit as that guy to fill in that spot. Ironic that the very next year he'd be headlining the whole damn thing and winning the world title. But all right. Uh, I mean, Bruce said they were literally throwing everything at the wall because there for a while it was okay. Oh, Kurt's I'm not just the roster. Who the hell else would it have been? They were talking about maybe the throwing the Undertaker in there, uh, the Big Show. Yeah, the ironically again, ironically, the only bad. Well, if there is a bad match in this card, it's the Undertaker's. <laughs> yeah, right. And even that one, I didn't hate as much as I thought I was going. Like I was like, oh, this isn't bad. I mean, we'll get into it, but yeah, I mean. Chris Benoit, like in the ring, I think could have got it done, but they didn't feel like he was a strong enough character to to headline the show and then be the one to pass the title down to to Brock, basically. So I don't know. But then again, the original plan was to have Brock. Uh, if anybody remembers, where it was supposed to be Brock versus Kurt on SmackDown, and uh, then it turned out to be his brother Eric Angle in the ring, and Kurt slipped in and like small packaged Brock and got the hell out. That was actually going to be where Kurt dropped the title to Brock before Mania so that they could, you know, get somebody else in there. But they switched it at the last second because Kurt said he could do the match. So that's what they ended up going with. But man, that would a it's a hell of a like, oh, we're building up this huge match to crown, you know, to to, to crown Brock Lesnar as the new top guy, whatever. And well, he just got off being champion a couple months ago. <laughs> That like was a big time, first time, big time, big first time thing, even though it wasn't. He was yeah, literally right. just champion. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, it was, uh, it's not it's like modern like day the, with Cody Rhodes. It's not like that at all. Yeah, well, there, there's that. I was going to go with Roman Reigns because, like, even though he'd, like, been champion, it felt like they kept trying to crown him as the new guy for, like, years. <laughs> and then, I mean, obviously now he is. But everybody kept talking about, well, this is going to be Roman's crowning match. And it just, like, never happened. It was like... All right, when is, uh, when is he going to be "quote unquote" the guy? And then, well, in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He ruled that damn pandemic. Uh, He's but, the only guy in all wrestling left, I believe, all wrestling with the title from the pandemic. Yeah, right. That's crazy. I still like the meme where it says his title reign is almost old enough for uh, Leo DiCaprio to to dump it. Wow. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So this is. This was a uh, a mess for them. But on top of all this, meanwhile, 
Randy Orton just returned from shoulder surgery. During a match on Raw against the Dudley Boys, things went south during the match. Batista tore his triceps while Randy Orton shattered his ankle while landing wrong on a 3D. I think he still blames Bully Ray to this day. Really? It's a Bully Ray says. Oh, God. Yeah, it sounds about right. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, Bruce Pritchard talked about that because uh, Conrad was like, any heat on the Dudleys? He was like, no, he just he landed wrong. <laughs> it's like, you know, the move they did 5,000 times, it really isn't all that dangerous. Like, Randy just came down wrong. And he's like, you know, I can't really blame him because he's like, you know, crap happens, man. But I don't know. Like, <laughs> it, it really is just a freak thing. And he's like, well, and we didn't blame that on, oh, well, Randy's just injury prone because he's like, well, it's a freak accident that could have happened to anybody so it wasn't like he kept getting the same injury over and over you know like didn't mr kennedy keep getting the same damn injury like hurting his I feel like it was always an upper body injury or something yeah yeah but yeah randy just can't catch a break during this era man well i was gonna say he was yeah. in and out with injuries to this should have just fired him he hasn't done jack since oh yeah, yeah he exactly. still hasn't come back he's still <laughs> off God. tv we still have not seen him it's wow. insane yeah. That's what happens when your back's broken and carrying the company all these years. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I kept seeing, like, every so often I see something about the plan for Randy Orton when he returns. It's like, is he not back yet? Like, wait, where is he, man? Like, well, he's been off since just, what? Since they lost the titles of the Usos. I forget when that was. Was it SummerSlam? Uh, I, I want to so. say it was SummerSlam. Yeah. Or around SummerSlam. Yeah. No, it's just, I mean, Hey, if I could go to, uh, yeah, I think he's got like a, a house on the beach or some crap with his hot wife. Like, yeah, I might not be so quick to return either. Plus, he's like a bazillion time champion. It's like, what the hell else is there to do, man? Like, I'm sure he's a multimillionaire, too. He's he's doing just fine for himself. Uh, somebody else that was out around <laughs> this time. Uh, William Regal was removed from the road during this time because he's still suffering from a stomach parasite he got while touring India. I remember that. Did it almost kill him, he said? Yep. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce Pritchard talked about that. He said, he was like, yeah, damn near killed him. Oh, Vince man. kept him on the payroll the entire time. <laughs> well, you know, Vince is, Vince is an a-hole, evil piece of crap, though, dude. You know, keep that in mind. <laughs> but, yeah, no, William Regal never has a bad word to say about Vince, because Vince has went out of his way for William Regal, man. I mean, Jim Ross talked about the first meeting he had with Vince. Uh, Regal, like, JR brought him in. They had a meeting with Vince. Regal fell asleep in the middle of the meeting because he was so zonked out on pills. Wow. Yeah. Was that the working man's man meeting? Uh, yeah, I think that was right before then. They decided not to hire him. And then when he came back, they did the working man's man or the he came back. He came in, in once looking like Steve Regal or yeah, Lord Steve Regal from WCW. He came wearing right. all my gear. He gave us some like weird generic rock music running down the ramp. It's supposed to be the proper yep. English guy, which just looked weird. Yeah, but then I think on, he was gone, and then the working man. Then he was gone, I think. Then he came yeah. back, and yeah, when he finally came back, he because he was still uh, when he was the real man's man, wasn't he? Steven Regal at the time. I don't remember that. I don't. Remember yeah, I, I'd have to look the name. Anyway, I, the name, anyways. Yeah, but I know when he did come back, he was William Regal. Um, and just William Regal. Yeah, he, he was pretty much doing his WCW shtick, uh, minus the, uh, the robe. So, 
But yeah, uh, William Regal is another one that had a hell of a career for himself. But he get fired as the King of the Ring too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he did. Or suspended? I shouldn't say fired. Suspended. Yeah, yeah. There was a there was something going around at the time that he was supposed to get like a world title push or whatever. Like not actually win the belt, but you know, get a get a match and uh, kind of get a main event feud going. And then he got suspended for roids. So uh, now I got to ask, who does Regal have pictures of? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I think at that time it was like, a, well, he's damn good. And he was getting some reactions from the crowd. And I mean, I wouldn't say top guy reactions, but, you know. And now that, you know, he's able to get out of character more and he was the GM forever. People freaking love him, man. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you never, it's I, weird how he's like be one of the most despised and one of the most loved. That's. Right. That's freaking talent, dude. And I'm dude, not being grow- sarcastic. Growing up, I never really gave a damn about Regal other than I thought his stuff with Jerry was hilarious. Oh, my dad loved him in WCW. Really? He did. Wow. This guy's great. Wow. The wow. two guys he loved the most were him and Chris Benoit. You obviously love guys that could wrestle. <laughs> so there you go. Like, I don't hey, know. He- as a kid, I mean, he was a, he, just a dirty heel. I'm like, I don't give a damn about him. I hope someone kicks his ass every night. Yeah, my dad loved him, dude. Seriously, he had some good. I mean, looking back, he had some great matches. Uh, some of his yeah, opponents back, weren't yeah, all that great. Yeah, but I didn't appreciate it at the time because, like I said, he was a heel, so I hated right. his guts. But yeah, yep. he was a more than a capable performer, though, and uh, he he definitely put the uh, the fine touches on uh, uh, Brian Danielson there. So he he helped. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Today. That was the Miz. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god! I want to smack the crap out of you. So oh, I should this, say a, the more famous MJF. Wow. Uh, this will be the first WrestleMania that Shawn Michaels has wrestled on since 14 back in 1998. Some wrestlers that will, are willing to speak with Uncle Dave at the Wrestling Observer claim that they're shocked by the way that Shawn conducts himself. They're not reporting that he's causing issues, but they're saying that they're surprised that he walks around like he owns the place and is someone that won't even knock on Vince's office door. He just simply walks in to get a cup of coffee and then leave. Like a boss. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Pritchard talked about that, too, because he was asked about it. And he was like, well, The Undertaker did the same damn thing. Like, and well, Vince yeah, always had... Shawn Michaels, he's not The Undertaker. So. No, but he said, uh, he said it was all, it's always been like a father-son relationship between him and Vince, where it was just, it, it was different. So he said, you know, Sean had, uh, Sean had that kind of relationship with him, where he was like, no, he, he never knocked on Vince's door. He just walked in. And Vince didn't get mad at him about it because they had that kind of uh, that kind of relationship. Same same with and now. And now he runs the developmental. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> who would have thought the dude who caused a crap ton of issues in the nineties, like, like, I mean, yeah, obviously he was a top guy, but he was. God, known do as, that to you. Yeah, like uh, you know, he was known as the crap disturber. Uh, Kevin Nash talked about that because last night on NXT, Grayson Waller brought that up. Because it was all about you, 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 me, 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 HBK. And all of a sudden, it's we are NXT. Where does we come from? <laughs> yeah, right. We are. That point. was great. <laughs> like, that's why I was never a Sean guy. I was a Brett guy. <laughs> Good that was a deep cut. Dude. <laughs> yeah, right. well, I like when, uh, for anybody that watches Young Rock, or if you don't, there was a character. It's like, uh, I had to look it up. Uh, our mutual friend who does watch young rock actually told me about it religiously uh, yeah uh there's a character called something frost i can't remember 
Chris Frost or something like that, or Chad Frost. That was it. And he's a black dude. He just sounds like a horrible Sunday Night Heat name. Well, he looks like a creative wrestler, basically. He's just like a... I uh, stand by what I said. Yeah, right. He uh, He's an in-shape black guy. Thank you. He's an in-shape black guy with like a braided, like a really long braided ponytail. And he was wearing just like uh, a denim outfit. Like, uh, it, it looked like when Scott Hall debuted on Nitro. That kind of outfit. And... You mean tuxedo? Yeah, basically. And, like... Every like he doesn't he has like real characters on there like anybody that was really in the WWE he has somebody portraying them on the show except for this guy everybody's like who the hell is Chad Frost and he was a big apparently a big part of this episode and some of the context clues Rock gave about him people were like that's Shawn Michaels he just won't say it (laughs) and he's trying to make him look like the opposite of Shawn gave him a generic name. And, oh, uh, no other piece together is Shawn Michaels would make him black. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> is that what? <laughs> Pretty much. And then uh, people asked Kevin Nash about that. And he was and uh, he was like, I didn't know about any of this stuff. He was like, you know, it's funny. All the heat. Oh, he wasn't, that the, he wasn't like, there, to be fair. Right. Yeah. He, he was wasn't like, even there. Yeah. Well, that's what he said. He was like, dude, I wasn't there at this time. He was like, I had no idea about any of this. He's like, it's hilarious the amount of crap that gets piled on the click. Because of Sean, he was like, "I swear, if Shawn Michaels wasn't part of the click, we'd have like fifty percent less heat on us." <laughs> wow! Wow! Like, uh, I mean, he might be right, but then again, it's not like him and Scott were exactly angels, you know. Walton Especially was only when... good for laughing at because he threw up on himself, corner cornet. Oh, good lord! I like it's okay. To... They've since made peace. Yeah, I. I, I just always like it. and they said, well, I was, you know, it was, he was ribbing guys, whatever. And people like would get pissy with him because of his reputation. But, you know, Scott would always do that line where he's like, that's a nice finisher you got there. I can't wait to kick out of it. <laughs> I, he, apparently he pissed the Dudleys off with that. And he's like, oh, I like that 3D move you guys do. I can't wait to kick out of it. And they got pissed. <laughs> like, Holy Ray pissed in the way. Yeah, I know. Right. He seems like such a cool headed guy. New Yorkers uh, so, are usually pretty level-headed, too. You know, they're pretty tame. Yeah, right. So, Kevin Kelly was laid off around this time due to cost-cutting measures by the WWE. Oh, please die. Yeah, right. And if you don't like Kevin Kelly, please die. There's a <laughs> short we've done about that. Uh, go check that out on the YouTube channel. It never gets so, old. I also yeah. Now, by the way, that the vast majority of people who saw that tweet we're obviously followers of his. I don't follow him, but I went out. I only got it because you showed me the screenshot. But it's like, think about that. He's telling his followers this, not just putting it out there. Yep. Telling everybody, you the, don't like Kevin Kelly. <laughs> like the tell to me, the giveaway is he didn't put a hashtag or nothing. He just said it. So yep. he just was going to people that follow him. <laughs> if, if you don't like Kevin Kelly, hashtag please die. <laughs> <laughs> that might have made it worse. <sighs> So, World Wrestling Entertainment has made several creative changes, including the elimination of most of the influence of Paul Heyman from the creative process. Yeah, Heyman's off the creative team at this point. <laughs> wow, 2003 was an amazing year. That's kind of nuts yeah. to think about. Yeah, he always was like touch and go with the creative team in WWE. And You know, we talked about Regal like, with, with Vince. Man, he gave Paul a million chances, too. I know, right? It's like... <laughs> People tend to not realize about, that. You want to talk about Vince has that eye for talent and whatever. It's like he saw something in Paul. Like, 
like I, I think Bruce Pritchard talked about it. It's like, well, you know, it's it's the old saying, like, uh, rather have him like uh, inside the castle pissing out rather than outside the yeah, castle right. pissing on us. And, <laughs> yeah. So I'll have you I, know my Jewish father lawyer. Oh, Devin, yeah. I got Jerry McDivitt, super lawyer. Yeah, right. Is he Jewish? Because I can help. <laughs> oh, man. But meanwhile, Tommy Dreamer allegedly pitched an idea that got him removed from the raw writing oh, team. Oh, God. Tell me. Just, day, just days <laughs> after joining it. Well, the company line is that they feel that uh, like having an active wrestler as a writer is a conflict of interest. Like you no. don't say. Yeah, right. Maybe WCW the surprise of the century. Yeah, right. Well, that was the problem with Dusty Rhodes being on the damn creative team for all those years. Everybody like piled heat on him because they're like Gagne too. Yeah, right. But apparently, on bite this, Dreamer joked that he was removed because he pitched himself winning every match at WrestleMania. Uh, others backstage say that the real story is that Dreamer questioned gaps in storylines, and Michael Hayes himself campaigned against him. Supposedly, Dreamer pitched RVD in Booker T's WrestleMania spot, and no one agreed. Eh, I mean, apparently... Were they going to fight the Deadly Boys and no Triple H and Booker? Is that what it was going to be? Uh, I don't know, man. I guess... Well, I, Because ironically, they would be a team at the next pay-per-view, at the next WrestleMania. Well, apparently, it was like... I can't really see Tommy Dreamer like, I'm going to go down with a ship on this idea. So I don't think that was it. But apparently, he pitched RVD as, like, you know, the guy to go against Triple H. And Vince said, oh, he's not a big star. Well, and, they had just done that, though. Yeah. Well, I guess Vince was saying, he's like, well, he's not a big enough star to have a world title match at Mania. And Okay, uh, hold on. Huh? Now, I, I love Booker T. You know that. I'm a huge fan of his. But really, he's a big enough star, but RVD's not? Really? In their defense, <laughs> uh, if they're going off of, like, the past, I guess it's because Booker T was a huge main eventer in a nationally televised company so oh so too is yes, rvd maybe. i guess if you want to call ecw nationally televised but i mean yeah, yeah it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah the graveyard slot on saturday nights or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah you can't just be throwing asterisks on there because you said nationally televised you didn't say you know, in prime <laughs> time or anything like that yeah i know but uh i guess tommy dream is saying ecw i don't know why i guess tommy dream my life back tommy dreamers come back to that was he said well look at all the rvd signs in the crowd every night like, yeah, I mean, it's I hard guess. to argue that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, we reviewed, uh, was it SummerSlam 2002? And you and I talked about, we thought the RVD would have been a good choice to win that, that uh, elimination yeah. chamber. So I don't know. But either way, WWE appears to be pulling the trigger on the plans for splitting the pay-per-view shows between brands. Can we, can we back up for one second? I do have a question. How yeah. long was Dreamer on the creative control, on creative team? Do you know? Apparently, like, a week. Okay, so. because I don't know if you remember in, like, 2002, he's doing that thing where he's eating stuff, like, weird God, stuff. Yes, I remember like, that. Was this his idea? <laughs> now, I, now you got me wondering. Now my head gets all wrapped around in the weeds now. I'm like, what, what the hell? I specifically remember. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but I will never forget this. Uh, me and my dad got Subway one night and we were going to watch Raw and I like he walked out of the room or whatever and he came back and I was telling him what he missed and I was like and I was like oh yeah Tommy Dreamer's like walking around eating a bucket of puke and whatever <laughs> my dad was like I'm trying to eat <laughs> I remember the uh, they took the cup and put it in the urinal and they flushed it yes. and the water came down he drank that oddly enough that may be the, or something. Uh, yeah that may be the least nastiest thing he's done 
Uh, yeah, because right. remember you, you ate hair, and the Undertaker's yes. chewing tobacco. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The... No, the Undertaker's chewing tobacco spit. Yeah, right. Wasn't just yeah. Uh, and then and uh, you said he was on the drive team. Like, was this his idea? Well, he brushed the dog's teeth and then his own. I remember all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh man, I'm wondering now. Like, was it his idea? I need to know. Apparently not. From what I've heard, uh, or punishment? Just well, apparently, from from what I heard, like he was one of those. Like, uh, they used to have fun with him in the back because he was always one of them. That if you dared him to do something, he'd do it. Give us Tommy Hill, you anything? Say say what? Give us a Tommy Hill, you anything? Yeah, right. Yeah, so apparently he would just do whatever they dared him to do, and the creative team found out about it and just made it his gimmick. It's like, huh, why? You, David. Like, does it have to be gross stuff? I mean, I guess Jackass and Beaval the Bam were big at that Not time. Not just them but... hurting each other, doing stupid stuff. Not eating stuff. Yeah. I don't know. J- on Jackass, there was some uh I never really watched Jackass. Ingest. I've seen every episode of Beaval the Bam. I can tell you that. They, the closest the weird things they came to eat was when they were making Phil eat stuff. And it was real food, though. Yeah. There was never anything gross, but yeah. Yeah, I, I want to say that somebody was a fan of Jackass and decided to make that his gimmick. And it's like, huh. <sighs> but anyway, uh, back to this, though. WWE appears to be pulling the trigger on the plans for splitting the pay-per-view shows between the brands. The plans uh, effective at King of the Ring is to promote eight brand-specific pay-per-view shows per year and four dual-branded pay-per-view shows. It is expected that the announcement will be made official uh, officially at the company's stockholder quarterly investment conference. King of the Ring, which takes place on June 15th in Houston, will be an all-Raw show. Vengeance, which will take place on uh, July 27th, will be the first all-Smackdown show. SummerSlam on August 24th will be a joint show, as will Survivor Series. Royal Rumble and WrestleMania next year will also be dual-branded shows. Uh, King of the Ring does not happen this year, right? 2002 is the last one? Yeah, it's Eric Bischoff says Bad Blood. Yeah, uh, now in the archives, by the way, the last King of the Ring, because uh, we've we've reviewed that. Brock won it. Uh, to very little fanfare, I might add. But yeah, no, I guess um, Vince did away with King of the Ring this year because he just didn't like tournaments anymore. And, and it is to... coming back in 2023. Yeah, right. Well, apparently they wanted to originally they were thinking of replacing King of the Ring with Great American Bash. That didn't happen. But they did get Great American Bash at one point. So yeah, next year, 2004. Yeah. So another one of the worst shows of all time. God, yeah, I know. Uh, it was kind of a big deal for WCW and especially for Crockett. And WWE is like, what if we made it stupid? <laughs> like, Every year. Yeah, it wasn't a good one. I don't get it. I mean, well, there was an NXT. Ah, hold on. There's been a good NXT good one, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It sucked until NXT got a hold of it, and then it was good. Oh, That's dude, what DX this... does, man. They make stuff good. As weird as that sounds. Uh, now in the archives, by the way, in your house, D-Generation X. So go check that out. Uh, we actually got a lot of hits on that show, which blew my mind. It's a fun because... show. I, I really did not enjoy that show. I know you said you did. Uh, and apparently other people did too, because it got downloads. So, uh, me, right. <laughs> That's classic. Go. Oh yeah. Uh, what was not classic? Tenacious Z Zach Gowan says that he has yet to sign his WWE contract because he feels that they're lowballing him on a downside guarantee of 75 grand. 
People around Gowan are saying that they think he needs to prove his worth before haggling over money. You don't say. Tenacious. Kind of touchy because he's only got one leg and that sucks, but. Yeah. What have you done to to strong arm anybody into a huge downside guarantee? Well, I mean, we see guys that look like him nowadays. I mean, obviously not the one leg, but. Yeah, well, we see more with no legs. (laughs) That is true. But we've seen guys like that are, you know, he had no definition. He was pasty white. Like, and he thinks, what, he deserves Steve Austin money? Like, who the hell do you like, think? I, I'm not saying this to be funny. I'm not trying to be funny, but let's be real. Did you come in with one, in wrestling one leg? You're a gimmick. Right. I'm not, I'm, I'm not knocking. I'm not trying to be funny, but that's what it is. That's the whole thing. Oh, he's the guy with one leg. Yeah, because if he had two legs, nobody would ever be talking about him at this time in history. Like, this oh, would not have been a, a story. There was a two-legged Zach Allen. His name was Colin Delaney. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and, hey, he went on the independent circuit, actually, I don't know, worked out and uh, got some definition to him. And yeah, he looked good on AEW for the one week yeah. he was there. Yeah, right. Yeah, he actually tried, and he did decently in the indies, uh, but he never, like, was huge. But, yeah, Zach Gowan, it's like, who the F are you, dude? You're the one-legged wrestler. Like, I hate to put it that way, but like you said, he's a gimmick. That's he, that's unfortunately what it is. He looked like he weighed like a buck fifty at most. Like, come on, dude. Whatever. And after his feud with... And also, uh, to add on to the point that he's a gimmick, they put him in there with Brock Lesnar. Right. That, that should tell you right there. Yep. He was in there with and Brock. Again, we're not, with or again, we're not knocking it. It's not funny. I'm not, it's not funny that someone has to lose a leg. That sucks, but... He, it's yeah, pro wrestling, well, dude. You have no business thing being there with one leg. When he was uh, when he was done with his little run there, and they extended it out a while, he was there for the better part of a year, I think. Uh, he was there through at least No Mercy 2003. I know that for sure because he wrestled Matt Hardy. Yeah, and beat him. So, yeah, yeah, he wasn't there long, and he did his thing. He made some money. He went the f home. Like, did you think you were going to make a long historic career out of this man? Like, yeah, I mean, it, like, like I had, I have to point it out again. It sucks, but dude, you're not going to main event WrestleMania. Sorry. Remember how uh, they introduced him on TV? Do you remember that? Uh, kind of. I'm blanking. Hardy Piper rips off his leg and and like uh, <laughs> Sean O'Hare is yeah. like, "Holy crap! I'm out of here. That's gross." <laughs> uh, oh, come on! They, they could have done something like on. Uh, uh, what in your house was it? Or wasn't it in your house where they took Mad Dog with Sean's leg? Yeah, it was Diesel. The last, uh, his last match in WWE. Yeah. I think it's in the archive, right? Thanks. Good friends, better enemies. I think so, yeah. I'm pretty sure we did it. I'm, I'm yeah. almost certain. You guys would have to search through the archives. I, I don't have it right in front of me, but uh, yeah. It's, uh, apparently, Mad Dog Vashon was the one who probably, it, yeah. according to Bruce Pritchard, he's probably the one who pitched the damn idea. So, Also got to point out, no hypocrisy here, because I think he lost that late after wrestling. So, Oh, well, yeah. Well, around this time, Jeff Hardy asked Jim Ross for every other week off. Uh, this will lead to a pay cut for Jeff. He's trying to hand red flag is like a huge red flag, man. If you ask me. Yeah, apparently that was uh, uh, Jim Ross said he was suspect at best about that. Uh, but apparently this is because Jeff is trying his hand at being a rock star with his new band uh, in an interview around this time. Jeff that said that, name. I dare you to. <laughs> I can, but that's because I'm a nerd. Um but Jeff's, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff said that uh, he'd rather be in a best-selling rock band than be the WWE champion. 
uh, well, I, I've got a... Sorry, dude. None of that's going to happen for you at all. Yeah, I've got well, a sound effect. Well, part will in eight years. Oh, yeah. But I've got a sound effect for that. <laughs> <laughs> to your point, nobody knows who to help. Is it Pyrox Yjen? Is that how you spell it? I don't know. Pronounce I it? don't know. I, well, I, I know that's how There's it's like spelled. There's like five O's and two U's in there. I don't it, know. Well, it's like they put... Perox. Sorry. Yeah. It's, wow. Yeah. It's like they put Perox Y question mark Gen. So I'm, I'm guessing that's how you pronounce it. I don't have. Kind of like that rapper K dollar sign Ha. <laughs> God. Or it's that. Uh, <laughs> K dollar I, sign I Ha. <laughs> yeah, I always love that. <laughs> or like that uh, that that rapper. Uh, I think it's Tadashi Six Nine or whatever the hell. It's like. It, just looking at it, unless somebody says it, it's like, how do you even say this? It's mostly letters, <laughs> or, or it's mostly numbers. Like, what the? F- well, how do you say letters, TJ? I don't know. Oh man, I don't know how to say letters, man. <laughs> yeah, it's mo- it, his name is mostly numbers, so it's like. Uh, you remember that scene on Fresh Prince when Ashley brings her boyfriend home and Phil's like, "Hey, what's your name, son?" And he says, "This." And he gives him a card. So this is a picture of a snake with a snake wrapped around it. <laughs> you know, this is a symbol. You know, like Prince. Prince who? <laughs> the hell? It took me back to that when you said that. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Man. <sighs> I forgot when Prince was like, oh, my name is just a symbol now. Shut the F up. Enjoy your pancakes. Well, see, here's the thing with him, though. He was an icon. You can get away with stuff like that at certain points. Yeah, you can get away with oh. weird-ass <laughs> crap like that when you're, <laughs> when you're well-known. <sighs> uh, speaking of rappers, though, according to rumors... The rapper Fabulous was supposed to appear at WrestleMania 19 for a rap battle with John Cena. Allegedly, that hits a snag when Fabulous has a run-in with the law. I'm shocked. I'm sorry. You said allegedly, and I didn't hear the sound bite. Allegedly! (laughs) Anyway, uh, there are also rumors that nobody wants to do a rap battle with Cena because they believe that WWE crowds would boo them in favor of Cena. I mean, yeah, they're probably right. Uh, Bruce you couldn't bring in Snoop Dogg, who probably would have been universally cheered. Yeah, right. And we know he likes wrestling, so how hard was that? Well, apparently Bruce Pritchard confirms that WWE was having conversations with LL Cool J and Jay-Z as well, but there were scheduling conflicts with both of them. And this was during the time, by the way, where getting Jay-Z think... was not completely unrealistic. I don't think LL Cool J is a rapper, like a freestyle rapper, though. Does he always do like R&B? Uh, he, no, he, I mean, he, he was a rapper. Uh, I mean, what was that? Uh, mama said, knock you out. I mean, but I don't know. I, I, apparently they were talking with him. They said the only reason he couldn't do it was because he had, uh, prior engagements. I can't remember if he had like a tour going on or if he had a show he was filming. I don't know. Uh, Jay-Z couldn't do it. Apparently he was, he had some filming he was doing. So now in today's like 2023, they're not getting Jay-Z. Like, that's not even a conversation. You couldn't get real ice. Oh, yeah. Like, bring his ass in there. Dust him off. I like guarantee how, you. I'll bet my life he had nothing going on that year. Oh, what are you talking about, man? He probably had a cameo in some comedy film he was popping up in. I think it's a real life one, too. I think so. He pops up every now and then in a, in a, in like random comedy movies. <laughs> where he'll just like do a cameo as himself. Yeah, and like basically let the whole let the character crap on him. Hey, you're yeah. that white rapper that failed in the nineties. Ha ha ha. No, oh, whatever, the check cleared. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> That'd be my attitude. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, ah, guess what? I still tour around uh, singing that one song that everybody knows, and then I get the f off the stage and get paid. <laughs> so good for him, I guess. He wins. People uh, knock one hit wonders so much, but you know what? If that one hit made him a millionaire, maybe you should shut your mouth. Yeah, right. Just saying. I hate, I hate the ones who cr- who cry about it. Oh, only the one hit. It's like, yeah, how much money did you make off of it? Shut the f up. Uh, well, somebody who was not a one-hit wonder, Kevin Nash has reached out to Vince McMahon at this time about returning as a gray-haired diesel. Right. Some have speculated that that may be to appeal to Vince because it's uh, it was always said that Vince likes to push his own creations. Uh, well, I should probably uh, cue this one up again. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't return as diesel until 2011. And yeah, the like, Rumble. He is going to be come back as Kevin Nash very, very soon, though. Yeah, I, I liked his theme during that time. But he comes back, has a feud with Triple H, and yeah, and then he goes off to film The Punisher. That was a great movie, by the way. I don't know why people hate it so much. I thought it was good. I thought Tom James was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I even like people crap on John Travolta as the villain. I, I didn't think he was that bad. Uh, John Bennett think, uh, had, was in it, and. Uh, I didn't think the Daredevil movie was that bad either with Ben Affleck. No, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. And uh oh uh Michael Clark Duncan is Kingpin. I thought I thought it worked. Either way, uh final story here. I have Save of the Best for Last. In February 2003, WWE CEO Linda McMahon elected to close the world restaurant and nightclub sections in oh, New no. York City. <laughs> so WWE could concentrate more on their global efforts. They closed in March, and the you closed retail- the world to focus on your global efforts. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think about that part. Uh, good catch. Uh, but they closed in March, and the retail shop closed in April. WWE posted all of their losses for the world on their latest quarterly statement, uh, released the same day that the club was shut down. Had they not had the world open, WWE would have reported a profit of seven million dollars that quarter. Instead, they reported a loss of over $26 million. It actually cost $33 million just to shut the place down. However, it cost roughly a million dollars per month to keep it open. That's insane. And I think we've already talked about this, but didn't you you and I made a point to go into the Hard Rock just because it was the world? uh, That wasn't with me. No. I went to the Hard Rock in Chicago once, but... Yeah, I didn't go to that one. Is that is it still the Hard Rock to this day? Do you know? Uh, last time I was in New York was WrestleMania, or yeah, WrestleMania thirty five. I don't know. If, uh, I mean, it was still there then. I don't know if it is now, but I know it was gotcha. then. Yeah, pandemic crumbled a lot of things, so I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I believe it was bought out and made the Hard Rock right after that, and then it just stayed the Hard Rock. But yeah, kind of something it would have been cool to see, but. Uh, Multiple people said the food kind of sucked, uh, and nobody wanted to go in there because it. Bruce Richard, who's like pl- employer employee at WWE, said it sucked. Right. Like if anybody was going to shill, it would be the guy who's working for the company, and he said it sucked. So it must have been bad. Yeah, there you go. I always like when uh, Jim Ross talks about food on his show, and like if once uh, him and Conrad will go back and forth about something, and he's like, "And you can trust us on food." <laughs> <laughs> like, well, at least he's honest about it. That does it for the news and notes. Are you ready to get into the event at hand? This week I am. All right. Well, let's take our next break. When we come back, it's WrestleMania right after this. 
follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on twitter at main event underscore marks and on instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector what's up everybody i am the hardest part of the ring the host of the apron bump podcast Ugh. Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It's WWE WrestleMania 19, the date, March 30th, 2003, the tagline, Dare to Dream. Uh, I didn't know what the tagline was until today, so... <laughs> But the venue was Safeco Field in uh, Seattle, Washington, and the attendance was... Screw the Mariners! Sorry. <laughs> the attendance was... Fi- yeah, I bet. Uh, the attendance was 54,097, and the buy rate was 560,000. Uh, also... I say, I've been to this field. It is really nice. I'll say that. It looked nice on TV. Uh, I, I will say this, though. Um... The the theme song for this event was Crack Addict by Limp Biscuit, which is just I'm not crapping on the song and like it's um you gotta listen to the lyrics, it's not what you think. It's yeah. more about cracky skulls, but you know, that's not how it comes off. Right. And when you got King with his wide eyes freaking out all night and talking about, oh listen to Crack Addict. And it's like God. <laughs> Can you imagine? To like, my knowledge, this song never came out in any of their CDs either. Oh, really? I did not no. know that. I know it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Wasn't it a hit for them? Because I know I've heard. I don't it know on, about that, but it was never on any of their CDs. I thought that was funny. Yeah, it's weird because I know I've. Uh, pretty sure I've heard it on like different movies and shows and stuff from you know that use that kind of music. So. Also, take a quick pause to explain something. Some people might be confused. A CD you still holds music. Used to be the See, only way you could listen. To, well, not the only way, but the most popular way to listen to music. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's it. It was stood for compact disc. So there you go. Uh, Google it. But we start the show with a video package of what WrestleMania means to different superstars, with some highlights of past WrestleManias. After this, we hear the sound. Okay, of well, I got a note on that. Okay. Did you note? And you know, they clearly didn't know. But did you notice the part where they were they were doing like the narration? It said, one day we will die, and clearly shows Eddie Guerrero sitting in the locker room. Oh, man. Like, no. Man, that's just bad, bad timing. I didn't even think about that. Because they're talking about legacies and saying, one day you'll die, so leave a good legacy. Yeah. yeah, and he'd be gone in like three years, something like that. Two and, and a half. Yeah, two and a half. But uh, after this, we hear Hey, but the next WrestleMania is going to be one of the headliners, so. 
There you go. Yeah. Well, we hear the sound of the Limp Biscuit as tons of pyro blows off in the arena. And then we head into our first match here. It is Matt Hardy version one. With we won there. He's got Shannon Moore in his corner. He's defending the WWE Cruiserweight title against Rey Mysterio. It was about five and a half minutes. Uh, and one of my of this, favorite outfits they never made. <laughs> speaking of uh, that Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck, Rey Mysterio is dressed up like Daredevil for this one. Uh, Matt Russell's in his V1 shirt the whole time. At one point, uh, Shannon Moore trips Mysterio, leading to Matt hitting a twist of fate, but Mysterio kicks out at two and a half. Shannon Moore, the mf by the way. <laughs> yeah, the Matitude follower, for those who don't know. <laughs> I forgot about that. My number one mf <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, before I continue with the match, I will say I enjoyed this Matt Hardy version one. I always got a kick out of it. I thought and, the fax thing was freaking hilarious, man. Matt, yeah, his what entr- it, Matt Fax. Yeah, Matt Fax. And then uh, when he came, like his whole entrance when he came to the ring, it was incredibly 2003, but I still loved it. But like an entrance like this, like people wouldn't get it nowadays. It would have it's to be funny like, how it ages. Reworked. Like at then. It's perfectly like right then and there. Like, yeah, that's how it is. That's how computers look and stuff. Now you look at it, you're like, oh, it's retro. It's kind of got a double meaning now. Yeah. I like when, like, to start, like, you see the typing on the screen, like they're typing in a command and then they hit enter and it loads up his entrance. Like, that was pretty cool. But when Shannon Moore keeps getting involved. I dare say brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But Shannon Moore keeps getting involved and Ray picks him up on the apron. Matt charges, Ray moves, and Matt hits him. Uh, they fight around for a bit until Matt gets a cover and grabs the ropes. The ref doesn't see this, and Matt gets the win. Uncle Dave gives this two and a half, or excuse me, two and a quarter stars. I gave it two and a half. What say you? I gave it three. I thought it was really good. It was only about five and a half minutes, like I said, but in that five and a half minutes, it was it was a really good match. It was a good way to start the show. Uh, taking a note from WCW and starting with the cruiserweights, so pretty good stuff. I don't know how uh, far along after this, but in, I think Ray would have won the title in San Diego from Matt Hardy. Ah, nice. I remember a lot of stuff about this era of Matt where he was like working hard to drop weight so he could get it on, get under 235 so he could compete for the title. <laughs> that was funny. I thought it was funny too, but also that was hilarious that Christian had done a pr- prior. Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I forgot about the that. Light, yeah. light, light heavyweight title? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But a limousine pulls up in the parking lot and two beautiful women step out. They start randomly arguing over which match they're more excited for. What the fuck? Okay, I didn't know who the hell they were, but there are all kinds of rolls tied. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, if you blow in one's ear, then you'd hear whoo, coming out the other side. Anyway. Wow. Good lord. <laughs> Uh, but we are now shown that Nathan Jones was laid out by Nunzio, Big Show, and A-Train in the locker room. So now the Undertaker will face them alone. Limp Biscuit now performs Rollin' for the live crowd before the Undertaker rides out on his motorcycle, American flag on the back, and he rides to the ring. We now go to the Undertaker versus Big Show and A-Train in a handicap match. This goes for 9 minutes 45 seconds. This is not the first match that The Undertaker would be in, also involving Big Show, by the way, where they swap a competitor in the match at the very last second. <laughs> as, as we mentioned in the past, the Punjabi prison, which was literally made for Great Kali, 
and he gets yanked at the last second and replaced with the big show to take on The Undertaker. Why? Because apparently it took that <laughs> night for them to decide maybe this isn't a good idea. <sighs> Whatever. But this match gets a bad rep because it's a handicap match, but these three were capable workers, and I think they did pretty well. Uh, the Undertaker gets overwhelmed quite a few times and had to battle from underneath. Nathan Jones ends up finally running out. Big Show goes to meet him in the aisle, and he gets spin-kicked. Once Jones gets in the ring, he big-boots the A-train, leading to a tombstone from The Undertaker, and a victory. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it dose. What say you? I gave it one. This was terrible. I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would, and, like, they didn't really slow down. Like, they kept going and going throughout the whole match, so I thought that was pretty good. But That was impressive. The Undertaker got a tombstone A-train, though. Yeah, right. Uh, another dude who's still around in WWE, by the way. He was just uh, on NAC last night. He asked Sean if he wanted to go out there and quote, take care of Grayson Waller. <laughs> That's wow. his new stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He's dropped a lot of weight, by the way. Like when I saw him recently. Still a large man though, so you know. Oh well yeah, of course. But it's just I don't know. The way he looks, it's funny to me seeing him in like a polo with eyeglasses. I'm like yeah, right. <laughs> Okay. Now, I want you to go look at this guy right here, WrestleMania nineteen. And tell me if you buy this. This guy's going to be training all the future talent in wrestling. Yeah, right. Uh, well, like I told you last night, Greg, that, that performance center is useless and it doesn't make any stars. You know, so it's, <laughs> We don't need a performance center. This is a performance center. Good God. Real cool. Yeah, that, by the way. Well that, was that an, well, that was an argument with, uh, like, uh, when Tay Conti didn't do well in NXT, comes to AEW and, like, starts like having great matches and whatever. And they're like, Oh, well, WWE couldn't do crap with her. That performance center is useless. And it's like, so one person doesn't shine. And all of a sudden it's useless. Like, okay. Yeah. Right. It's like, uh, how about now? Speaking of useless, uh, the two beautiful women from earlier walk into a dressing room with Tori Wilson and Stacy Keebler. The two nameless women say that at this point I had to run to the bathroom. But uh, the two nameless women say that Stacy is a marketing genius coming up with testicles, which are the name of Test's fans. Coming up uh-huh. with testicles. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> uh, Stacy tells them that her new marketing campaign will blow people away. Or oh, in the window. <laughs> <laughs> they then go to see whatever it is. Cool. Giggity! God. It's full of them. There's another one. Yeah. Oh, good lord. Uh, yeah, That's which I right. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that uh, show will not. We're not make, done with these. Will not be posted. Will not make air. <laughs> but we're showing that on Sunday Night Heat, the Dudley Boys jumped Lance Storm and Rob Van Dam before rolling Lance Storm onto RVD so that Storm and William Regal could retain the world ta- uh, tag titles. Why don't because know. they were being like, I forget it was like blackmailed or something by huh. Bischoff and Morley, which is very ironic. I think I feel like I've used that word multiple times in this episode because in like a year's time, they're going to be doing the same thing with the Undertaker at Great American Bash that we just talked about. Oh, Lord. Blackmailing him, making him do what they yeah. want, doesn't want to. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that where they were with Paul Heyman. Uh, yeah. It? Yeah. I'm <sighs> um, next. Uh, it is Victoria with Stevie Richards in her corner, defending the WWE women's title against Trish Stratus and Jazz in a triple threat match. 
this one goes 7 minutes, 17 seconds. So we get a jump start from Jazz attacking Trish and then Victoria. This match was super intense from go from all these women. Like they, they look like they wanted it, man. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God. More innuendo. But anyway, when Jazz is about to make Trish tap out to a single leg crab, Victoria distracts the ref so Stevie Richards can toss her out of the ring. I just now I tapped thought... out due to a crab once. It was not fun. Good Lord. Uh, I. I, I, just thought, open. I'm going with it. I just now thought of this, that Jazz and Stevie Richards are both in ECW. I And uh, uh, Stevie used to do intergender matches. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was with Jazz. I know he feuded with Luna at one point, but uh, I'm getting them mixed up because Jazz took on Jason, I think. Either way. Uh, later, Jazz gets dumped out of the ring. Stevie runs in with a chair. He swings it. It bounces off the ropes and smacks him in the face like an idiot. Uh, Trish hits him with the stratisfaction. He fucks off, uh, and Victoria <laughs> goes for the <laughs> Victoria goes for the widow's peak. Trish gets out of it, nails a chick kick, and wins the women's title. Uncle Dave only gave this two and a quarter stars. I, for especially for women at this time, I thought it was a three star match. What say you? I too gave it three. Really good stuff. I have to look and make sure, but I think Trish and Brock are the only wrestlers in this WrestleMania wrestling. WrestleMania 39, I think. Wow. That's nuts. Well, yeah, most unfortunately, most of these ones that uh, I grew up loving and watching every week are uh, either done or towards the uh, twilight of their career at this point. So we'll get into one of those guys here in a few matches from now. But we go backstage with Jonathan Coachman standing by with The Rock. I can't believe that The Rock had a shirt that said, hit it strong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that goes perfectly that goes perfectly in uh, hand in hand with the whole podcast this week yeah right. lots of innuendo <laughs> oh and you just said hand in hand so there you go Giggity. Uh, Brock basically says that the fans betrayed him by booing him last year and at his rock concert he then reminds us that the last two times that Steve Austin and the rock battled at Wrestlemania the rock lost he says tonight is the, fin- is, uh, the final end of the greatest rivalry in WWE history when The Rock finally gets his win tonight, he'll have done it all. Does that make sense? Final end? Uh, it's finally the end, I guess I should have said. But, I, yeah. don't know. I, I didn't catch if he said that or not. I thought you just... Uh, yeah, I, I paraphrased, but I, I think that was on me. Uh, and if not, you can blame it on me. But My, my this... bad, dogs. This was on me. This was on me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, this was great. You could tell The Rock was kind of getting a little emotional towards the end there. I think he was really feeling it. So it was, uh, it's good stuff. I enjoyed this. Speaking of enjoyment, up next, it is Team Angle, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin, defending the WWE tag team titles, not the world tag titles. Those are on Raw. Uh, defending them against Los Guerreros, Eddie and Chavo Guerrero, and Chris Benoit and Rhino in a triple threat tag team match. This goes for 8 minutes, 46 seconds. We're going to jump start on this one as soon as Team Angle enters the ring. Yet again, this one is intense from the get-go. All three teams went hard on this one. Even the weird thrown-together team of Chris Benoit and Rhino. That one's odd, but whatever. In the end, Rhino hits the gore uh, on Chavo. That, now I'm thinking about that's a running theme with Rhino in his career. Yeah, thrown-together odd like teams. Him and Heath Slater, like, what the hell? That's a weird team. I know, and now they're just known as, like, a team. Yeah. Like, if they popped up again, Impact is a team. I'm like, why? 
why is this a thing? But in because the end, WB can't trademark pairings. <laughs> I guess so. Rhino hits a gore on Chavo. Eddie pulls Rhino outside, and then Shelton Benjamin pins Chavo, and Team Angle retains the titles. You know, if you laid out everybody in this match and asked who's going to eat the pin, I would have bet on Chavo. I I would have too. Honestly. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me an a hole, but I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we all knew it. Come on, he's the weakest yeah. of all. It's not bad, <laughs> mind you, but he is the weakest <laughs> right. of this D six. Let's be real. Exactly. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this three stars. I gave it three and a half. I really dug this match. What say you? I gave. Let me see. I gave it three. Yeah, really good. Uh, very entertaining. I loved it. We're in a locker room now. I gotta say, team. by the way, I always thought. Um, World's greatest tag team had a pretty cool theme. Oh, yeah. It sound like the uh, World's Greatest Tag Team. Yeah. It almost sounded like something Cordeo could have used. Which, you know, duh. Yeah. But yeah, I can see it. Right. Uh, I like their theme. I mean, it was completely different and didn't really fit uh, Shelton as much as it did Charlie. But their Ring of Honor theme, I kind of dug that one, too. I don't, I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion or not. But either way, we're in the locker room now. Think about it now. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'd have to I'd have to send it to you after we're done recording, but it's uh yeah I don't know I always kind of dug it. Well, we're in the locker room now with Stacy Keebler, Tori Wilson, and the Nameless Catfight Girls again. They're all talking, uh, excuse me, they're all taking pictures together and talking about their excitement for WrestleMania. Stacy and Tori argue over whether Vince McMahon or Hulk Hogan made WrestleMania what it is, and then storm off. Uh, the catfight girls then argue about the same thing, and then they argue over whether to resolve this issue in the ring or in bed. They then decide to settle it in bed. What the fuck? I I had no complaints about this. I, it's just like <laughs> this was like a bad porno, like not even a good one. Just like a. Hey, we're just coming off of HLA. Don't forget, dude. I swear to God, at first. I thought that's who these two were. I'm like, are these? One of them unquote, was. I looked it up. One of them was. Oh she was God. at Unforgiven. Uh, the one with the brown hair. She was at Unforgiven wow. when uh, Rikishi was like, when uh, Steph was, Stephanie was supposed to make out a lesbian and ended up being Rikishi dressed in drag, which is clear oh as God. day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, one, one of the girls there was the brown haired one here. Yeah, for, for, those, for those that don't know, uh, you can Google what the hell HLA was in WWE. But uh, oh, trust me, in preparation for the show, I did uh, make sure everybody clears your browsing history after that one. So apparently this was a mode. apparently this was a, a commercial for the Super Bowl. This uh, Budweiser commercial with these two in it. Ah, uh, OK. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they said something about it later on. I was like, what the f- see? Okay. I'm, a, I'm a pro. I do all my research. Oh, yeah. Especially when it comes to uh, to, you know, hot chicks. Uh, yeah, or whatever. yeah. But, totally. <laughs> uh, I was. I was going to say, well, like when, when their limo first pulled up and they walked out, I literally was like, are these the lesbians? <laughs> so they sit on their locker room door. Yeah. for the Again, people, go look it up. Yep. They, they're Chiron. When they came out to the ring, said <laughs> the lesbians. Like, oh, that's where not they just, were. They, not just two lesbians. The. <laughs> hey, man, they put the L in LGBT. There you go. <laughs> anyway. Uh, this next match, we go from that to this. It is Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels. This goes 20, 
Yeah. This goes 22, about 22 and a half minutes. During Sean's entrance, he shoots off a confetti gun into the crowd a few times. He gets, (laughs) that was pretty cool. He gets all the pyro for his WrestleMania return entrance. One of the most famous spots in this match is Jericho hitting Sean's flying forearm. He kips up and then he does Sean's pose. And then right behind him, Michaels kips up. And uh, and then he does it to Jericho. (laughs) But Chris Jericho. I have an MJF uh, HBK pose, but it's close. Yeah, right. Uh, Chris Jericho tunes up the band at one point, does the Ollie shuffle, and then hits sweet chin music on Shawn Michaels to get a near fall. Later on, when Shawn goes to look for a top rope elbow, uh, Y2J kicks a ref into the ropes to cause HBK to get crotched. They battle it out on the top rope for a bit, but Michaels knocks Jericho down and finally hits the elbow. He tunes up the band, and Jericho ducks the sweet chin music, locks in the walls of Jericho for a second time in the match. But HBK crawls to the ropes, is dragged back to the center, and crawls the ropes again. When Jericho argues with a ref, he turns around into sweet chin music. In the end, Michaels flips backwards out of a back suplex attempt, rolls Jericho up, and gets the win. Uh, I forgot how this one ended, so that one took me by surprise. Uh, Uncle Dave gives this four and a quarter stars. I give it an even four. What say you? I gave it an even five. Damn good match. Uh, Definitely one of the best in WrestleMania history. But it wasn't as good as the best friends versus Pride and Powerful in the street fight. Nope. Or uh, live on the train coming back from Revolution the other night. Like some guys are talking about this very moment right here. It was funny. <laughs> like you yeah. tell me that that stupid street fight got more than Sean and and Jericho, more than Sean and Angle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you not understand about this, Greg? Uh, you act like you're clearly uh, clearly a lot. Yeah, you act like you're confused about this. I don't know what there is to not understand. All right. Okay, maybe my acting is bad because I'm not acting right now. I am legitimately confused. Yeah. Well, how dare you? What What don't you get? This was not in the Tokyo Dome. Damn it. Or in the or parking in- lot of Daly's place. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you may have main evented WrestleMania, but I main evented Daly's place. That's a real statement, folks. <laughs> 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 Britt Baker says this. Go look it up on YouTube. I, I think there's a short of it. You know what yeah. I have? Headline? Daly's place. And she said it with such conviction, too. Like it was sounds a, like she a, sounds like she's uh, trying to insult herself. <laughs> I'm like, all oh. I've ever got, oh, you you were in the garden. All I ever got was Daly's place. That's what it sounded oh, like. Oh, oh well, well, I was in the tooth and nail match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but essentially, man. got one of the girls fired, mind you. <laughs> yeah. uh, no big loss. All right, but not even a small loss, dude. <laughs> no. Well, it was a big, small, small loss. But after the match, Shawn Michaels puts out his hand, and Chris Jericho says, brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. He hugs HBK. He then kicks him right takes in the him on junk. a trip. <laughs> he then uh, kicks him right in the junk, which brothers also do to each other. Uh, you missed that one. One of your heroes uses that. He took him on a trip somewhere. Oh, to, uh, well, to uh, Richard Kick City. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he then storms off, almost crying. Backstage, Sylvain Grenier is dressed as a referee and knocks on Mr. McMahon's office door before walking in. Uh, I have forgotten that this was a thing, by the way. I completely forgot about Sylvain being the ref, too, until this very moment right here. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, oh, yeah. And I'm looking yeah. back. I, mean, I remember watching No Way Out. I'm like, who the hell is this referee? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, uh, Tony Chimmel now announces the new Safeco field attendance record for, of 54,097. Uh, but what uh, does Tony Uncle Schimmel. Dave say? Well, I just have to door my clicker and actually there's 46,000. <laughs> After this, we get another Olympus Biscuit performance as they play Crack Addict, as we mentioned earlier. Did you catch, by the way, that Kim, uh, Chimmel said it was Davey's favorite band in the entire world? He made sure to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like, really? Is it? I mean, like, I didn't even say it first. I had to rewind it. I'm like, what the hell did he just say? Their favorite band in the entire world. Yeah. Like, I'm almost certain from many people's <laughs> mouths, I've heard that Davey's favorite band in the entire world is ACDC. But <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I would prefer next. ACDC myself, but. Yeah. Not crap on Limp Bizkit, mind you. I'm just saying I prefer the other one. Yep. Oh, well, well who have they ever beat, Greg? Was it this year, by the way, where Fred Durst was in the SmackDown video game? I feel like it was this year. Yes, I think I want to say it was well, it was either this year or the year before. I I I can't remember. I think it was SmackDown 2, something like that, but yeah, it was I, I, I it, I'm pretty sure it was the first one ever on PlayStation 2, so it was SmackDown 3, I believe. Yeah, and he did his uh, his dance that he does in the Roland video. Yeah, on a on a limo or Cadillac or something coming out, right? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> what up next? Uh, Jonathan Coachman appeals to you because he's in a Mariners jersey, and he introduces- yeah, I, like I don't want to strangle, like I already don't want to strangle him. Yeah, right. Uh, but then he introduces the Miller Lite Catfight Girls to come out and get in a large bed. Stacy Keebler then comes out and says that. This would be better as a triple threat, and she joins in. I, I'm going to 100% agree, but... Well, then Tori Wilson comes out and says that they're going to make this a fatal four-way match, rips off her own top, and then attacks Stacy. All four women start ripping at each other's clothes. The segment ends Dude, with... Dude, Co- match. Hey, <laughs> uh, was Stacy in that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the segment ends when Coach gets pantsed, and the four women pose together for drop top titty tipping time. What the fuck? Uh, I think I've done that for all but one of these women's segments. Good God. Anything to say about drop top titty tipping time that we just had with Coach? No, because you, know, you put Coach in there, you automatically ruin it. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the thing we've all been waiting for throughout all of WrestleMania is Jonathan Coachman in his undies. Now that is what you call a WrestleMania. WrestleMania. I mean, just life. Yeah, man. That, well, that's a WrestleMania moment, Greg. I don't know why that's not in all the highlight packages nowadays. Uh, maybe it's because he had scantily clad women in there. Ugh, God, he's the luckiest son bitch on the planet. But <laughs> what do I know? But up next, we've got the first world title match of the night. It is Triple H with Ric Flair in his corner defending the WWE World Heavyweight Title against Booker T. This match goes for 18 minutes, 47 seconds. Uh, so before we begin this, like, I didn't think anything of it as a kid necessarily. Like, my dad had a different perspective on it than I did because he was older. But that feud between Triple H and Booker T as from at your age, did you think it was a like what it was a, supposed to be? Apparently him versus the WCW guy or. Did you like feel there was kind of some racial undertones in there, like most people apparently did? No, I mean the undertones, yeah, but I didn't feel it was a WCW guy thing. Yeah, uh, according to Bruce Pritchard, it was all supposed to be about the WWE versus WCW, and, and you know, they never really hammered that home at all. 
Yeah, I I don't know. I felt like the whole thing was like he had something against Booker T personally, not, you know, necessarily the company he came from. And yeah, like if you look at the whole collection of all the things and whatever, yeah, it's got some uh, I, I feel like they could have worked that a lot better. <laughs> like didn't uh, didn't make Triple H look very good at the end of it all. But I don't know. Well, but, considering how the match ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and the the whole, you know, people like you and where you come from and uh, you come out here, do your little dance and make us laugh and you and your nappy headed hair or whatever. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, no undertones there. Yeah, it's like, how do you not get racial stuff from that? Yeah, right. <laughs> I like, and then, like, he threw a dollar at Booker T and like, here, get me a towel. And and uh, Rick was like, oh, you can carry our bags and drive our car for us. It's like, oh, my God. Like this is exactly the stuff Luger said to Ron Simmons in their feud. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, that was uh that like that wasn't acceptable for that time either. <laughs> Good God. And they're doing it all over again. I, I like how Bruce Pritchard got like all butthurt about it and like tried to defend it. Well well, if that's the way you want to take it. It's like you didn't? Like I know you're the like well, he wasn't even on the raw team, so he didn't even help to write this. But <laughs> He's like, well, that's not what it was supposed to be. It's like, yeah, but you get it, right? Like, you can see you have eyes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that was, that's how I take it from day one. Like, wow, what a fun. Yeah. Making right. sure we know Booker T's black. That's how I looked at it. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, if you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, right. So I have a Jax figure of this Triple H and his purple trunks. Uh, I passed it until one for some reason. I don't know why to this day. But I had it in my hand in New Orleans. I don't know if you remember. Um, yeah, it's like I had I had a couple of Triple H's. I don't think I need this. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should have. I kind of like during this era where he wore the different colored trunks. Like he had a, a red pair. Yeah, the red ones were the best ones, I thought. Yeah, the red was cool. They Didn't he wear green at one point? Um, uh, I don't remember. I know red, black, white, purple. White. I remember the white. That's all I can, that's all I can remember. The- he flipped because he would do the he would do black trunks with white boots and then white trunks with black boots. Uh, he wore blue uh, in that Hell in a Cell match with um, uh, Nash. So yeah, he he had a couple different ones. Uh, I thought the purple was kind of kind of cool, but either way, it was uh, different. For, I like that. Um, for some reason, the champion entered first, which led me to ask. Oh God, man, you have a hard on about that. Well, normally, like I, I get it because they're like, well, the challenger is going to get the bigger pop and whatever. Did they expect Booker to get some like gigantic pop here coming out? Probably. Yeah. Well, they were wrong. <laughs> I mean, he was. It wasn't like crickets, but like <laughs> it's not like the crowd hit the roof and the babies went flying in the air. But I'll say this match has gotten some valid hate. I'll say, but the actual match quality I thought was really good. Uh, after Booker flops out of the ring at one point, Ric Flair drops him knee first on the steps. Booker T then gets kicked into the ref, but it doesn't take him down completely. Booker eventually hits the scissor kick for the uh, for only a near fall. Booker goes to the top and gets held by Ric Flair, but he punches Flair down. We repeat this process again before Booker hits a Houston hangover for a near fall when Flair puts Triple H's boot on the rope. Uh, Booker's leg is too hurt to hit another scissor kick, so Triple H hits the pedigree, and it takes him almost 20 seconds to finally make the cover and pin him to win. 
Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter stars. I gave it an even three. What say you? I only gave it two. I had a flashback uh, to when Sting debuted. Do you remember that? When Dolph Ziggler was out or Dolph Ziggler pinned someone. Who was it? I don't even remember. Whoever it was, they were out for like 20 minutes before Sting came in and put Dolph on top of him. Yeah, that sucks. Well, moving on to another incredibly hyped match of the night. We get the play-up package for Hulk Hogan versus Vince McMahon. I thought this was masterfully done. Uh, this was a great play-up package showing their history all the way back to the 80s. Uh, you know, and I know that the whole feud was over, well, was over multiple things, but like, oh, who, 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 uh, who created who basically? And, uh, you know, Hogan leaving to go to WCW. It, it was very reality based, which I thought added a lot to it. Cause it's like, well, I always laugh when people say that he left the WCW. No, he didn't really leave the WCW. He left and then went there after. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, yeah, it's cause... not like when like Moxley went to AEW or something, he's left to there. No, that's not how it went. <laughs> Right, yeah, because his contract was like up for a while, and then he popped up, right? So he, he was feeling thunder in paradise. That's what Bischoff said. And he went over there and, according to what's his name again? Uh, Mister didn't draw a dime. No, oh, uh, Mike Graham. Yeah, he said he told Bischoff to go there and sign him. Yeah, no, no one <laughs> believes that. Player yeah, said it was well, his idea. Yeah, just like it was uh, Greg Gagne's idea to uh, do the NWO. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! Who knows? People but, jump on the uh, take the credit quickly for good stuff, but if it's bad, oh, I had nothing to do with that. Oh no! Well, yeah, if it was bad, they were. Oh, I told him not to do that. Like, shut the f up, man. But yeah, so we get this. It is Hulk Hogan versus Mister McMahon in a street fight. Yes, those words left my mouth. It goes almost twenty-one minutes. This was an ugly brawl for multiple reasons, but. The crowd was hella into it. You mean the 50-year-old and the 60-year-old man couldn't find a good match? <laughs> yeah, right. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, you shut no. your hole. Yeah, it's, all, it's almost like uh, old people can't get around like they used to. But, you know, whatever. But there's a famous spot where Vince McMahon keeps trying to beat Hulk Hogan in a test of strength. And Hulk keeps getting the better of him. So McMahon keeps kicking him in the gut every so often. Uh, so... Hogan busts McMahon wide open with a chair. He then swings the chair at Vince once, but Vince ducks, and Hogan blasts Hugo Savinovich instead. USA! USA! No. Kill the Mexican guy! That's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's kind of a bad look. <laughs> like, the all-American dude just blasts a Mexican uh, commentator. Like, <laughs> oh man. But Hogan eventually gets busted open himself, Vince lays him across the Spanish announce table because fuck that table. He climbs up the ladder. <laughs> More USA. Yeah, right. Uh, he climbs a ladder and leg drops off. Uh, leg drops him off the ladder and through the table. And then Hugo Savinovich is shown bleeding as they lead him out of the arena. USA, USA. It's like that episode of The Simpsons where like they go to Italy and like Homer ha- has like a carry on. It's just a giant American flag, and he gets yeah. up on a conveyor belt waving. <laughs> Oh, man. I love that shit. <laughs> uh, so Vince gets enraged that he can't pin Hogan. There's a double down, and rowdy Ronnie Piper gets in the ring. The crowd goes nuts as Piper tries to decide who he's going to hit with a lead pipe. He finally decides to crack Hogan in the head before telling him to kiss his rear, and he leaves. Hogan still kicks out at two and a half after Vince drapes an arm over him. 
Vince tries throwing referee Brian Hebner out of the ring, but he gets hung up in the ropes. So Vince kicks his ass and then tosses him out the other side. Uh, That's kind of funny. Poor Brian. Sylvain Grenier now jogs out as in his referee shirt, and another referee comes out behind him. A damn they crooked in- ref from Montreal. <laughs> uh, they get into an argument outside the ring for a bit. Finally, Do you know how they had to call him that, by the way? That crooked ref from Montreal. Does it really matter where he's from? Yeah, right. Uh, those damn French Canadians and their uh, like, screw them. Well, maybe that's why because he was. Oh, he's going to screw Hulk Hogan because he's the American hero. I don't know. He's more over in Montreal than anybody, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but they are French, Greg. So there's that. But anyway, finally, oh, the gross. real <laughs> finally the real ref wins out. Canada, and, they speak French there. Can they do anything right? Well, there was a there was a a guy that you and I both used to know that he was like, look, I, I know things are bad for you right now, but look, you could be going through that and be French. So there's that. <laughs> True story. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I, I now feel better. Sounds like Barney Stinson. <laughs> right. But finally, the real ref wins out and gets in the ring. Uh, Hulk Hogan ends up on Vince when Sylvan gets in and Hogan tosses him. Uh, Hulk then uh, hits Vince with the punches, a big boot, and then three leg drops in a row for the win. The match itself wasn't great, but this was one time I felt that overbooking was actually good and necessary. <laughs> Uncle Dave and I both gave it three stars. What say you? I, too, gave it three. Again. I think this is an underrated, forgotten match. Yeah. I'm not saying it was, like, amazing, but, like, it was was good enough to be on WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, if you're you're not looking at – if you're not grading it as, like, a match, which clearly (laughs) Uncle Dave did not for once, uh, because as a match, no, it wasn't great. But if you're looking at, like, the story – uh, you know, some of the cool stuff that they did and just like everything well, I, with it. I feel like you were describing, giving my review of last year's, uh, Sami Zayn, Johnny Knoxville match. Yeah. Right. Like it was, it was entertaining as hell. And at the end of the day, that's, I mean, yeah, cool. Uh, so, you know, some technical masterclass is cool too, but, uh, stuff like this will pop me almost every time. But after the match, Shane McMahon walks to the ring in a suit and tells Hogan that he doesn't want to fight. Hulk leaves the ring, and Shane picks up his father's head as Vince flips Hogan the bird. We now get the second. It's a very opinion. iconic shot, by the way. They show that in a lot of packages when Vince is doing stuff. I always see the one, and uh, I don't know if it was was it on this show that they're like stretching him out while he's flipping him off. Yeah, yeah. They cut that out of the Peacock feed. Of course they did. Uh, yeah, so I was like, huh? Was, well. My, it kind of makes me laugh because it's like, wait a minute, you'll show him flipping him off in the ring, but uh, flipping him off while he's going to the back, that's that's too much bird. we can, we got to edit that out. Well, you answer your own fun. question there, dude. Yeah, I want to be the guy who's sitting there, like, determining. It's like, okay, how much middle finger is too much middle finger <laughs> before we got to cut it off? I mean, not the finger, but, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> well, then what but, are you going to cut off? Uh, you don't want to know. We now get... In my opinion, the second best Rock Stone Cold play a package of all time, but it was and the second best match they had at WrestleMania. Yeah, right. Uh, Considering the WrestleMania 17 package for them was probably the greatest wrestling video package ever, this is close (laughs) to perfect. Also, Limp Biscuit, by the way. (laughs) I know, right? 
Like, what is it with this? This feud just exhumes uh, Limp Biscuit. It's it's got to have it. When I think of Rock Austin, I think of Fred Durstman. <laughs> well, of course. I don't even know how to respond to that. Speaking of the bird, uh, but anyway, we get into this. Wasn't it the was it SummerSlam that they showed him? He flipped off the camera and they got mad at him. I don't remember. There's, I can't remember. There was some WWE event where he like they're showing all the celebrities. He flips off the camera and they're like, "Hey, I, I feel like that was a Royal Rumble." Yeah, they're like, "We're PG, damn it." But anyway, uh, this one is the Rock. Uh, it's right up there with Kid Rock sticking his tongue down some huge woman's throat. Remember? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> yeah. But this is The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. It goes just shy of 18 minutes. This is the point in the show where I realize that the juggalo with a running hatchet man sign has been seen on camera almost all damn night in one way, shape, or form. But at one point, The Rock puts on Austin's ring vest and ends up wearing it for quite a while. Yeah, the whole match. (laughs) Yeah. Later on, Austin hits The Rock with a rock bottom for a near fall. After about a minute later, The Rock flips Austin off and hits the stunner on him for a near fall. Austin eventually nails his own Stone Cold stunner for a two count. The Rock eventually attempts the people's elbow but misses. He lays Austin out right at, uh, right after that and hits the people's elbow, this time for a near fall. A rock bottom after that still can't get the job done. Austin blocks another rock bottom attempt, but Rock ends up hitting it and getting a two count. After a third rock bottom, finally, The Rock gets the win. Uncle Dave gave it four stars. Uh, I was back and forth. Three and a half, four, somewhere in there. What say you? I gave it a four. It was a really damn good match. Um, I think, well, you're, you're definitely not talking about their WrestleMania 15 match. So yeah, their WrestleMania 17 match was awesome. I loved that one. Oh, in the archives, I think. Yes. Uh, we did 17, 18, and 19. I, I love, well, obviously 19 now, but I love how they like would like skip a year. It was like they did 15, 17, 19. That was kind of funny. And one of them was still in the main event the other year. Like 14, Austin was in the main event. Uh, 16, wasn't The Rock in the main event of that one? It was, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, 18, well, neither one of them were in the main event of 18. Or, uh, that well, was, Rock technically was, but... Yeah, he was in the match that everybody remembers, that's for damn sure. And Austin was thrown into a match with Scott Hall that was just kind of a whatever. But The Rock takes plenty of time going around the ring, posing and showing off. He also leans down a few times to talk to Stone Cold. When The Rock finally leaves, Steve Austin slips out of the ring and limps to the stage where, while his theme plays. He pops up the double bird for the crowd before heading backstage. This would be the last match we'd see from Austin for almost 20 years. And he came out and just had an awesome match again at most recent WrestleMania with uh, Kevin Owens. That was fantastic. Yeah, man. I mean, obviously you were there. I was watching at home and that was it was awesome. I I got so into that thing. It's like how night one of WrestleMania last year crapped all over night two. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, I honestly, I'm sure I, if I went back and looked, I'd probably remember. I, I really don't remember that much from night two. I feel like night one was just stacked. I think night two, the highlight was obviously Brock and Roman. Uh, yeah. Sami Zayn and uh, Johnny Knoxville on that one. And I think Pat McAfee and Austin Theory were on the second one, too. 
But I'm like, you know, yeah. Austin returning and Cody returning. It just it beat everything. Right. Yeah, I know. I got so went. I was so into night one. But that takes us to our second to last break here. When we come back, it is main event time right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way way back, mate. Yeah. Yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Yeah, hey, 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 it's alright. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Slowly, mate. Take it easy. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. We're back. We're back. Main event right here for WrestleMania 19. It is Kurt Angle defending the undisputed WWE Championship against Brock Lesnar in 21 minutes, four seconds. Angle does a few suplexes to Brock, but mostly out wrestles him to the mat, going kind of hold for hold with him. Brock finally gets in a belly to belly, some belly to belly suplexes. You don't say every day Brock Lesnar got out wrestled. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> If there's one guy in their prime, I, I would probably put my money on to out-wrestle him. It would be Kurt Angle. <laughs> but uh, Brock gets in some belly-to-bellies on Kurt, but Kurt gets right back in control. Kurt even manages to get out of an F5 attempt and instantly lock in the ankle lock. Brock reaches the ropes. Kurt transitions into a single-leg crab. Kurt manages to hit the angle slam for a two-count. Tries for a second, but Brock reverses it and hits a, an F5 for a near fall. Later on, Angle goes for another Angle slam, but Brock slips out and nails an F5 for another two count. Brock goes up top, and he goes for the shooting star press. And he lands that in, on... That now, uh, via research, he used to do it quite often. You know, it was FCW, uh, OVW, OVW, whichever one it was. Yeah. Yeah, he, that, was just, that was one of his finishers in OVW. But he hadn't done it in, like, years. And then I can't remember if it was his idea or somebody pitched it to him. And he's like, oh, I'm going to do a shooting star. And I think Kurt was the one. He was like, when was the last time you did that? And he's like, oh, I'll be fine. Uh, uh, well, I need I need to cue it up here. Yeah, about but, that. Yeah. He, uh, he goes for the shooting star and lands on his damn head as Angle had the wherewithal to roll his ass away. Because otherwise, he would have basically headbutted Kurt right in the chest. Uh, Kurt pins Brock for a two count. They both get up. Brock nails yet another F5 and gets the pinfall win for the title. 
Uncle Dave liked this way more than I did. He gave it four and a quarter stars. I gave it three. I thought it was fine. What say you? I gave it four. I don't know why. I just wasn't... I didn't hate it. I, I mean, I gave it three stars. I just... I don't know. Especially with some of the awesome stuff we'd seen tonight. I thought it was I thought it was fine. Well, I also graded yeah. on a curve because Kurt had a damn broken neck almost. So. Yeah, right. So that would explain a lot of the uh, mat work that he did. I mean, he would do mat work anyway, but I felt like it was more so in this match. And, uh, I mean, obviously we know why. But, yeah. I, Kurt said he literally had to help Brock to his feet. And he was like, uh, you need to hit me with an F5. And he's like, huh? And he's like, hit me with an F5, damn it. Uh, yeah, so Brock was freaking out of it, man. But oh, damn clue where he is. Yeah, uh, Brock's clearly on Dream Street here, and he can barely stand up without leaning on the ropes. But Kurt stands up now and hugs him, and a ton of pyro blows off on the stage. This ends the show, and that takes us to our final break of the podcast. On the other end of this, we're going to tell you what our final ratings are and what's coming up on the podcast in the next few weeks. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings here. Internet Movie Database gives us 8.3 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 9.39 out of 10. I give it 9 out of 10. 10. Damn near perfect. What say you? Solid A+. Plus. Uh, damn good show. If anybody just wants to know, should I spend my time watching it? The answer is a definitive yes. Will not Hell regret yes. it. It's a it's a good good time had by all. Uh, yeah, so it's def- definitely in the top five WrestleManias, probably top two WrestleManias, I'd say. Uh, it's really really freaking good. What up next? Next week, man. 
We have double main event week already. Time is flying by. It is uh, on March 22nd. We got TNA Lockdown 2013. Still have not seen that yet. So I'll have to go back and uh, see if we're back to the crap or if it's another halfway decent show. And then for the bonus show that Friday, we're bringing you something that is not on Peacock. It is the WCW New Japan Pro Wrestling Japan Super Show. That should be interesting. Looking forward to watching that. And then to close out the month, March 29th, we bring you one more WrestleMania. Greg and I were personally there in the crowd for this show. It is WrestleMania 34, live from Nolens, Louisiana. It was a great week. Uh, had a lot of fun. The NXT show before WrestleMania was fantastic. And... I love Cajun food and barbecue, and we had quite a bit of that down there. So it was uh, a good time. We'll talk more about it uh, on the show itself. You know, it's funny at the Major Pod live show last year. I was talking to Heath Slater about how we saw him at the uh, taco place we went to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He says, oh, I remember a lot of people uh, just bombarding us. He said, yeah, we didn't want to bother you guys. You were with your wife eating tacos. He, he appreciated it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he. I remember specifically, he was like, he came in, he sat behind us with his wife, and those guys at the table behind us uh, were looked at and they were like, oh, where are your kids? And he's like, oh, I had to leave them at home, man. And the old double wide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We saw a lot of, a lot of wrestlers that week. And yeah, I remember we saw Primo and, um, and uh, Dave and Busters. Yeah. I was going to ask you if that was then or cause I get that confused with um, SummerSlam 2015. I, I can't remember who we saw. Oh, I, we saw, we saw Stephanie in that one. Yeah, right. Not out in the wild per se. She was like doing some like fundraiser, whatever. At the that was at David Buster's, wasn't it? Her and yeah. Daniel Bryan. Yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, that's funny. But yeah, Primo. I remember Primo was with some MMA fighter, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, I don't remember who. I think I have the picture somewhere. I have to find it. Maybe we can get it before we record. Yeah, I think it was uh, like I, you know, I, I know it's a little shocky, but I think it was a Puerto Rican. <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, that was a surprise yeah. century, right? I can't remember if it was him or another uh, Hispanic person from the roster because I was on the plane. My connecting flight uh, was where SmackDown was the night before. So my plane was full of the SmackDown roster. I, I think it was him that pretended like he didn't speak English so that he could ignore the uh, the flight attendant and just go into the bathroom when he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Like... <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, right. Because he's telling, he's like, no, you can't go right. He's like, huh? I, I, huh? And he like started making those like motions, like he didn't know what he was saying. I'm like, I know for a fact you speak perfect English. Like, good lord. <sighs> but I just thought that was funny. Anyway, we'll talk about all our fun times down in uh, New Orleans for that show. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. Close out March. And uh, it won't be long after that that you'll be in. Uh, or, well, no. It'll, it'll I'm still on the fence. I might be going. No one wants to go with me, but uh, this will just fly. So I don't know yet. Yeah, you might be in. You might be in uh, old Hollywood there uh, for for WrestleMania. If not, it'll still be fun to watch. Regardless, it's going to be a good show this year. I'm looking forward to it. But thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yep. And we will catch you all next week. For Double main event week where we bring you TNA Lockdown 2013.